0: Hello and welcome to Optimal Insights, the podcast that brings you Colorado industry leaders providing their expert insights for senior care. My name is Jeff Mantle and I'll be your host. I am the digital strategy manager for Optimal Home Care and Optimal Hospice Care and I am grateful to spend this time with you. This week we're going to spend some time with Micah Zanders. She is a published author. She is a dementia expert She's the executive director at Morningstar Bear Creek in Colorado Springs, and you are going to learn a lot from this woman. She is an expert in every sense of the word. She is passionate about what she does, and she's able to share her insights in a very practical, approachable way. You're really going to enjoy this. I think you're going to learn a lot. If you haven't already, please subscribe and like our channel so you can get this brought to you every week. And so without any further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Micah Sanders. Well, hello, Micah. It's so great to have you on Optimal Insights. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be
0: here. Yeah, yeah. I've heard a lot about um, your experiences. And I wanted to dive in even more. And so I read your book today. It's a great book. (laughs) I don't know how long ago you wrote that book. You were living in another state when you wrote that, but Mm -hmm. so much, um, experience it's so beautifully written. You're a great storyteller. Uh, I love, I'm a storyteller too. I love stories but everything has to do with dementia the name of that why don't you introduce your book a little bit to us cuz i want to i want to pull some some threads there
1: absolutely well i wrote the book in 2019 right at the end of 2019 and then of course we went into the covid pandemic right afterwards <laughs> so our attention certainly shifted significantly at that time yeah. but um, the book is called Being with Dementia, A Soulful Approach. And it, I, I oftentimes refer to it as a pamphlet, not a book. It's such a small <laughs> little book. Thus um, I was
0: able to read it uh, today. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: And actually, that was my intent. Um, yeah. Because when I want to, when I decided I wanted to write it, it was for those individuals who maybe needed to understand more about how to practically interact with individuals who have dementia. And many of those uh, people that I identified as as needing that in the time, it was actually a lot of frontline caregivers Mm. that I was working with in a small assisted living where we all of a sudden had quite a few individuals with memory care needs. And I felt like I wanted to help them and I knew that most books they would not be interested in reading. It would just be too much. And sometimes they go, you know, so, um, off track as yeah. far as caregivers go into the medical aspects. Um, and I just wanted something that was simple and straightforward that provided, um, tangibles that they could immediately use. And yeah, that was,
0: that was well, you did just that. that. You know, it's, it's very, it's beautifully written. Uh, as I shared before we started recording, you know, it, it's got great stories in it. it's very practical. And, uh, so I appreciate that. I encourage everybody. I'll put that in the show notes too. So you can go to Amazon and get that in Kindle or, uh, an audio book or in, in a paperback, but that was very, very helpful. And so now you are in Colorado and mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about your, uh, your role here and you're down in the Springs, correct?
1: Yes, I'm in Colorado Springs. I'm with Morningstar, and I'm at a standalone memory care, which we don't Mm. find a lot of. Um, We are licensed under the assisted living umbrella, but we are solely memory care. We have 48 apartments. Mm. We're called Morningstar at Bear Creek. Um, They're lovely suites here and in a beautiful setting um overlooking Garden of the Gods and up at Pike's Peak. And we specialize in cognitive impairments, in individuals who have some sort of diagnosis that has then led to dementia. And that's one of the beautiful things about a standalone memory care is all of the people who work here want to work in memory care. Mm. They're not yeah, great you point. Know, going into assisted living or going into skilled nursing and then getting bumped into the memory care area because we don't have the staffing um, to cover in that area. These individuals came here wanting uh, to work with the folks that we serve and having hmm. those skills and wanting to develop them.
0: I love that. Yeah, that's it is very unique. And and we have a strong partnership with the Morning Star. Uh, facilities around here in Denver and, and now down in the Springs. And I, I really appreciate, you know, we were just talking about Marcus over at, at Wheat Ridge and each facility is, it, it feels like you're, you're walking into mom's living room. You know, it's, it feels like home. And, uh, I, I do appreciate it. that's a really great point that you made that if you're working there with, uh, in your facility, you're there because you want to be there and it's a passion of yours. Nobody gets into healthcare, but especially in anything with dementia and memory care, uh, to get a paycheck (laughs) there. there, It's, it's gotta be kind of who you are and what, what you're passionate about. So I really, really appreciate that. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit today about dementia in the sense that we're coming up on the holidays. Actually, we're right in the middle of the holidays and it can be challenging for, um, for residents, uh, but it can also be really challenging for families. You know, we're it's not the same anymore, and and things change a lot. Could you share some insights with us on maybe some things that families can be aware of, can do um, to not only be there for their loved ones, but even just for them themselves during this time?
1: Sure. Well, you know, you're right. The holidays are a tough time, and. I think we see so many families who are trying to figure out how to create the same feel mm. to, um, to involve the individual in the holidays to the greatest extent into traditions that they've held. Um, but also recognizing that there have been changes and those yeah. have to be considered and adjustments have to be made. Um, memory cares are small communities, usually. They're quite small, and there are secured doors. And a, a lot of times we think of that just simply as a safety measure. Mm-hmm. But there's also an aspect of keeping a community small, an area intimate and secured because we're keeping noise and commotion out. Mm. We're keeping an environment very familiar to set the individuals up for success. When Mm. we take people who have cognitive impairments, especially as they advance out of those familiar environments, we oftentimes um, see increased um, confusion, increased anxiety because what's happening is that they're spending a tremendous amount of energy doing what we call cognitive mapping. So hmm. trying to figure out where they are, what they're doing, who these people are that we're with, um, what should I be doing? Yeah. right? And yeah. So we have to keep that in mind, you know, for individuals who are maybe going Um, if they're living in senior living and they're going back into an environment that would be very familiar to them, then that's less of a concern than if you're taking someone out to an environment that they're not used to. Mm. It can really be exhausting and we can see an increase in what we call behavioral expressions related to that just because there's additional confusion. There's exhaustion from trying to work so hard to be socially um, appropriate, to be able to cover socially somewhat for what is not making complete sense. And so that's one of the first things to keep in mind is that what is the environment that's best for that individual? Um, Certainly, it always feels good to take people out, but sometimes it's better to bring the party in.
0: Yeah. And so a great point into whatever yeah. the familiar environment is.
1: Um, yeah.
0: I appreciate yeah, that. And, and I think, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I one of the things that um, really touched me in, in your book was you talked about being like present, like living in the moment and how important that is to connect and uh i would love it if you could kind of expand on that a little bit for us like your the story about your dog and and sharing like what that that looks like and how what an impact it makes when you really focus on that um i that meant a lot to me i I think it mean a lot to our our listeners as well to just uh share a little bit more about that with us sure well
1: when i was Prior to writing this book, I had been uh, working on some of my own, what I call monkey mind, uh, that, <laughs> that brain that's just always making lists and crossing things off our lists and yeah. maybe not paying as close attention to what's right before us as what we're thinking we need to get done or what the next week looks like. And so um, I was listening to what we call a spiritual thinker. And he was saying how if you want to see a great example of being completely present, watch your pets. (laughs) They're completely present all the time. And so I was on a walk one morning with my dog and I was watching her just be completely present in the walk, in greeting other dogs, in greeting other people, in smelling what she wanted to smell, in connecting with me. And I thought, wow, this is incredible. I need to I need to pay attention to what she's doing yeah. and try to emulate that a little bit more. And then it dawned on me really that for the individuals we serve who have a cognitive impairment who have some dementia they're really good at this. Hmm. They're really good at this. And hmm. and the explanation is because when um when memories are are tougher when we're struggling to make lists in our minds because our executive functions no longer work the same when we can't um, yeah. put together a plan and carry it out then what remains is presence yeah and that's- it's incumbent on us to slow down to be able to meet those individuals where they are
0: i think that's beautiful i I don't know if I share with you, but recently, um, lost my brother-in-law, my wife's brother, uh, to early onset Alzheimer's. He was only 57. Mm-hmm. And when, when I was listening to that in your book and listening to the stories, I, I immediately thought of him, uh, in a kind of in that year before he passed that he was so present I, and, and, uh, everything that you shared about kind of just going with them on their journey, wherever the conversation is taking, you go with them. You don't try to pull them out of their moment and kind of make it yours. You're, you're, you're there to give to them. And, um, it was such a beautiful time with him. I, I remember, I mean, sometimes we'd be talking and it would just be word soup on his part, like nothing didn't make any sense to me. It made perfect sense to him. And we would go back and forth and he'd have the biggest smile on his face. We'd have this great animated conversation. And, um, and then every once in a while he would, something he said made sense. We were walking, they came to visit us here in downtown Denver and he's from Chicago. And he's like, Jeff, it's just so good for me to be back in Chicago like he used to work down there. I'm like, isn't it great? You know, just kind of walking down the city talking about Chicago. But to, it was so much fun for me to kind of go into his world a little bit and be with him and share this memory, this time with him. But when you shared about like being present, being in the moment, that's exact, that describes him to a T when we had those times together. It was really a beautiful thing. Sounds like you picked up on that. Yeah. Oh, it was, uh, it was amazing. So, um, yeah. we miss him uh, a ton, but to be able to spend that time with him towards the end of his life was really, uh, was really great. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: can you tell me a little bit about, you shared kind of your, your journey you've gone, you've worked in different settings now, and now you're an ED and memory care. What is it about dementia and what is it about working with, with these amazing people, what drew you in uh, to begin with? Is this something that, man, you you had some experiences in your own home life and, and you, with family, and you're like, okay, this is a passion of mine. I want to go and do this. Or um, I don't know, how, how did it come about for you?
1: Yeah. Well, I started out in skilled nursing, and mm-hmm. I was uh, quickly, after I became a social worker by education, and was working in the field of social work in senior living, Um, I moved into a role at the home office overseeing social services and admissions throughout the company. So Mm. in the five-state region, I had responsibility to 32 different communities. Oh, wow. And Yeah, and quickly um, questions started coming to me in that new role, and I was actually the first social worker they had brought into their home office. And questions quickly came in about what we call behavioral expressions. Mm-hmm. And I was not, I'm, I'm real honest about this. Dementia was not a passion of mine at all, but quality mm-hmm. of life is. Mm-hmm. And I believe that every individual we serve has a right to the highest quality of life.
0: I love and that. I, think, I agree.
1: Yeah. And I quickly realized. That for me to be able to support our communities to provide that, I needed to understand dementia communication. Mm -hmm. Because we were these, this is what it was about. The Mm -hmm. questions that were coming to us. And I felt that we didn't have a common language around dementia communication. And so we'd get on these calls and the way that community or different team members were interpreting things was different than how I was interpreting it. And yeah. we just were not on the same page. And so I teamed up with a co-worker. She, is, she was the rec therapist for the company. I was the social worker. Um, her name's Cameo Rogers. We are kindred spirits. <laughs> we are dear friends. And we teamed up and brought in a national expert, um, named Erin Benito, and together we rolled out a comprehensive dementia care program for the company. And that's when I really, you know, just got into the weeds of dementia care yeah. and dementia
0: communication. Well, I'm glad you did. <laughs> I'm really glad you did. It's it's good for all of us that you're there. It, your, your passion just kind of exudes out of you. I, I love that you... Um, you wrote this book and you dive in and and just for those that are, are listening, the book is full of stories and great tips. It's very practical and approachable. Uh, and, and speaking of tips when, when you work with families that are coming in, you, you share a lot, you, about working with just the caregivers, um, the, the nursing assistants that are in there with these, uh, these people and, and, you give a lot of insights and tips in the book about how to approach and how to engage. But what would you say are some of the the most important insights that you could give for families that maybe are just starting to go through this for the first time? I know for us, when we were going through this with my wife's brother, it was so hard because at that time, I didn't know anything about it. I mean, I didn't know... I feel like I'm a pretty empathetic person, and I can I can engage, but I didn't know what what's the best way to engage. Do I, when they go off and they're telling stories, and that's totally not true. I found myself wanting to correct him all the time, like, no, that didn't happen, and no, that didn't happen, and quickly figured out that that's not the thing to do, but what are some just some practical tips you can leave us with here that help people on their journey as they're kind of just beginning with their loved ones?
1: Sure. Well, first of all, I would say that, um, for each individual, it's a unique journey Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, loved ones know their, um, their family as well as anyone. And so trust yourself Mm -hmm. in that. Don't let somebody else, tell you how to um, provide care to that individual certainly you want mm-hmm. to connect um, you want to connect with others and i would really if it were me i would find a support group early mm-hmm. on um, of caregivers of family members who are doing the very thing that you will be doing um, because they are the experts they are the true experts And I meet families all the time who share things that they're doing, tips and tricks. And I think, wow, that's brilliant. You guys really have this dial in. This is incredible. So reach out to peers and build a support network early on. That, I think, is so incredibly important because we see so many individuals who are Trying to do it all on their own, and they wait until they've reached a level of complete exhaustion before they reach out for help. So mm-hmm. do your work early, build a network, and then, of course, there are communication things that are going to change for the individual, and we can that that can be, you know any variety. There are so many changes that happen. Mm-hmm. But my advice would be to always remember that the individual is still there Mm. and there are always remaining strengths up until the very end of life, there are remaining strengths. And if you can focus on the strengths and learn the tips to deal with the losses, learn the the changes that have to happen while you're focusing on the strengths and continuing to support those for the individual to have the highest quality of life. You're going to go a long ways um, to providing the very best outcome possible.
0: Mm, that is great. I love that so much. And I, I I appreciate what you're saying there at the end. There are changes that are going to happen. Like you can't stop them from happening. This is going to. So I think for us, just accepting what's happening is Incredibly important in that support group. We always learn better in groups. I think community. When you see other people going through it, you talk to their to them. You learn about their experiences. It helps it set in. Uh, You know my my sister in law. She was a hero. My my brother in law lived at home all the way all the way through hospice at home. She was just amazing. Just loved him so much and was there. Um, But it is exhausting. Uh, like you said, and you have to have people to help. Sometimes, uh, with her, just somebody to cry with on the phone, you know, and just listen, so that you can kind of get your energy back. You, you, we can't go through that alone. So, I, I appreciate it. those are, are great tips um, because it's it's a difficult journey and it's a beautiful journey all at the same time. If you're if you're not pushing against it all the time, but just really taking it one day at a time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Gosh, that's incredible that she was able to keep him home all the way through.
0: Yeah, it was. was. She -hmm. probably did a little too much. She's a pretty strong woman. She probably did way too much, but, um, she's a hero. So, uh, I, I love her for that. Um, Micah, thank you so much for your time, your insights, your, your passion for this. It is conversations like this that I think, really all we want to do is get some insights out there for people who are going through it and get a conversation started. And so that the, the learning can continue. And so I, I thank you for that. I do want to give you a, a couple of minutes here at the end, just to talk about Morningstar. If somebody is interested and has a loved one that lives in the Springs or is interested in uh, your facility, can you tell us a little bit about it and what they can do? Sure, you
1: got it. Well, Um, we, you touched on it earlier. It's a great company, a faith-based company, um, that, uh, really has a strong mission, um, vision and values. And that's something that we talk about all the time. And, you know, that's not always the case in senior living. It's, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's a family-run organization and uh, we, we all feel like an important part of that family. So um, I'm grateful to be here. Um, I did I got into senior living because I wanted to create a higher quality of life for the individuals that I serve. Um, that is my sole purpose in being here. And um, this company allows for me to do that and provides the tools I need. Um, Uh, There are a number of locations um, we're, I think, pushing, I don't know for sure, maybe 40 locations. keep growing. Yeah, it's amazing. We're all
0: over the whole Denver metro into the Springs.
1: Yes, and out west. And, um, you know, we have a community in Iowa and we're building in Kansas City. And so just expanding throughout the country. Um, I'm very pleased to be here. We have a great, solid team at Morningstar at Bear Creek, staffing was really hard after the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So many people left this field of work and we have an outstanding leadership team here that has really brought a strong um, care staff and um, just across the board team together. We have outstanding culinary team, life enrichment, Mm -hmm. and we love what we do. Uh, It's an active community. It's a beautiful community. And um, we are just constantly growing and supporting one another because we're on this journey with the individuals we serve.
0: Yeah. Well, Micah, thank you so much. It has been a pleasure getting to know you, uh, learning more about what you do, reading your book. I mean, I think you're just a, a wealth of knowledge. I'm really grateful to, to be able to share this partnership with Morningstar and uh, looking for great things ahead. Thanks for being with us. Thank you so much, Jeff. And for those of you listening, if you haven't already, please like and subscribe to the channel so that you can get these podcasts to you directly every week. We really appreciate you spending this time with us and we'll see you next time.